Welcome on into the podcast. I'm Brett. I'm Dorian. And this is a Thursday throwback talking about The Dark Knight Rises, finishing out Christopher Nolan's beautiful trilogy uh, about The Dark Knight. And so, yeah, we're just going to talk about a couple different things from the movie, have a little bit of a commentary on what we liked, what we didn't like, the characters in it, how they've changed, new characters. Um, yeah, and just kind of like where what we first thought of this movie and where we stand now. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited for this. Are you excited? Sure. <laughs> Dorian's not a huge fan of this movie. So, yeah, I mean, it, this... I mean, spoiler alert. Obviously. Neither of us are the hugest fans of this movie. I do enjoy this movie still uh for different reasons than dorian does uh, dorian doesn't hate this movie either it's no. just the weakest we believe in the trilogy and so mm-hmm. it was interesting uh watching it you know just just kind of like my first thoughts of re-watching it i guess before i get to my first impressions of the movie in general mm-hmm. were not as many one-liners no it's way less batman than the other two i feel like yeah i so I, I was actually trying to look up like stats on that, like see how much like screen time Batman has in this movie compared to like previous movies. And I, what I found, I don't know how accurate it is, but he has like almost the amount, the same amount of screen time, but it just for whatever reason feels very less or just very little for like, you know what he's actually doing. Sure. Yeah, well, I think part of that, too, is, like, not a lot of it's action-y. It's, like, he's in the bat suit, but he's, like, talking or he's in a vehicle. Sure, yeah. So, anyway, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, what were your first impressions watching this movie, Dorian? Because so, they're going to be interesting. So, all right. So, uh, if you listen to the previous uh, Thursday throwback where we talked about the Dark Knight, um, basically, like, I just love that movie to death, and... Um, it is my favorite movie of all time, bar none. Uh, so that being said, going into this movie, hype beyond all belief. I oh yeah, like there was like a four year uh gap between uh the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. So I was looking up every little like article, any rumor <clears throat> I could chase down, pretty much anything I could get my hands on. Yeah to like learn about this movie just because I was there with you for a while there. It didn't even, we didn't even know if uh, Christopher Nolan was going to be coming back as director here. Well, and there were so many rumors I remember surrounding this movie on, you know, villains, what are they going to do? And then even before Heath died, like what, what's going to be next and how they're going to approach it. Right. Exactly. Which I mean, because back like earlier when, um, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan wrapped up the dark Knight. He was talking about the idea of like doing more than three movies, like four or five roughly. And uh, that he said that all changed after Heath Ledger died here. So, you know, it would would be interesting to see what could have been, but you know, we're not. So I digress, but no, I mean, so when this uh, movie actually came out, it was like, you know, I was like, a coordinator for like a, a big watching party. I got like 20 people together Dang. to like come and like see this movie on opening night in the middle of July here yeah. when it's hot out and like wait in line outside of a movie theater for a midnight release here. 
So did you go to, because I know when this came out, they showed Batman Begins and The Dark Knight in the theaters right. as well. No, I didn't go to that one just because. I did. Yeah, I know you did. Because I remember, I think I saw you at the movie theater. You saw me in line, yeah, yeah. and you're just like, what a loser. Yeah, I was like, why? Why yeah. wouldn't you go to these? I mean. Because you got to see it earlier. Did you? Yeah. Balls. Yeah. I wish I'd known that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, but I think, um, I well, I mean, it's it's kind of harder to get people to commit all day to watching Batman versus like say, okay, you know, uh, just, uh, take a nap, go to the midnight release and then, uh, watch a movie for two hours and then go home. I think my like brother was with me o'clock. and then we had like a couple friends. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think Glasky was there. Yeah. And, maybe yeah. Jake Horn. Yeah, maybe. So, but anyhow, so, so opening night comes, you know, extremely hyped for this movie get to the theater watch the movie and it was the most disappointing movie i've ever (laughs) seen in my entire life Uh, now that being said it was uh one of those ones where uh i wait so this movie was more disappointing than bvs yes because BVS was kind of like an unknown quantity. Okay, I see. But this was a part of the Christopher Nolan. Right. Trilogy, I mean, yeah. when you when you uh, have the Dark Knight, <clears throat> it's be- hard to beat that dude. Like it, I, did, I I did not expect them to get anywhere near there. So so going into the movie, I I I kind of told myself like set your expectations right. There, this is probably not going to be as good as the Dark Knight. It's probably going to be on the level of Batman Begins here or something like that. Yeah. And so and I don't f- feel like it even hit that market to be completely honest with you. But so a couple days go by, I go rewatch it at the theater just because I'm like, I just feel like super conflicted. Like it couldn't, it couldn't be like as disappointing or as bad as like I thought it was the first time I watched it here. And, you know, after, after, you know, the whole hype train wore off and I just watched the movie and just accepted it for what it was. It's actually, I actually enjoyed it a lot more. It's it's actually a, you know, pretty good movie uh in a certain regard here i would say yeah yeah and i would say for me i mean i was super hyped too Mm -hmm. i was there with you i mean uh, i did all my research talking about it loved the rumor mill surrounding these movies just in a general sense like some of those rumors got like super crazy like they had a uh they had like rumors about Cher being catwoman they had dude rumors of of like Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber being Batgirl and Robin and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it like was that. weird. It was super weird. Well, even the the less obscure ones, like um, because this was called The Dark Knight Rises, which is a <clears throat> you know a pretty much direct homage to The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I was thinking, and there was speculation. So the I can't remember the name of the girl who's like Catwoman's kind of number two. Holly. Holly was potentially a, a Robin. Yeah. And so I, re- I remember that and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Maybe they are doing the dark Knight returns kind of yeah. thing. And I was like, Oh, that might be interesting. You know, I'm not really, a, I wouldn't be a fan of that, but it kind of weird for them to bring Robin in now. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, saw the movie, thought it was really good. It definitely wasn't like the movie I thought it was going to be like, sure. I thought there was going to be way more action. I didn't expect Batman to be literally... I still expected him to be Batman. I didn't expect him to go like AWOL for eight years. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, it. there was like one main thing I had a problem with, and that was at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. 
where I got chills, but at the same time I was like, he's not okay. So, uh, John Blake goes in to uh, get the stuff that Bruce left him from his will, basically. Right. So he has to. He's like, oh, he's like John try, Blake. Yeah. And then try he's my like, legal name. Try my legal name, and she's like, oh, I like that, Robin. And yeah. you're like, come on, you know, like for like for what it is, John Blake is the Robin. Of this um, universe here, right? I mean, he not, without actually donning on the actual persona or like the crime fighting outfit. Yeah, he he is the embodiment of who Robin is. I feel like in yeah. a lot of in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Definitely more of a Dick Grayson than any of them. Yeah, uh, which we will discuss later on here when we kind of get to our character breakdown. But I just hated how people were calling him Robin. Like, oh, it's Robin. I'm like, no, it's not. It's it's John Blake. It's not the actual Robin. It's, more it's not a, Dick Grayson. It's, more it's not a, Jason Todd. It's more of a nod of like, yeah, it, as to like, you know, what the character represents. Exactly. The symbolic piece of it, which yeah. I get, but people are like, no, that's Robin. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm going to destroy you. Like a bunch of uneducated yeah, I was schmucks. Like, I was like, there's four Robins at the time, because I don't even think Damian Wayne was a thing. Uh, I think he was, actually. Maybe but, so five that have portrayed Robin in some right, way. Right, but or, I mean, let's be honest. The the main ones that yeah. you know people always go to Dick that Grayson. actually know the comics are Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, and Tim Drake. Yeah, those are the three that anyone should think of. Yeah. Um, And then there's... Is, is it Carrie Kelly? Is, it, is yeah. that the one from... Yeah, the, Dark Knight uh, Returns. Yeah, I... It's yeah, I think it's Carrie Kelly, yeah, and then uh, Damian Wayne, yeah. So I mean, that was a thing. But anyway, other than that, my first impressions of the movie, I was like, oh, that was cool. Like mm-hmm. seeing how big Tom Hardy got, dude. That guy was oh next jacked. level jacked. Yeah, he made jacked. Christian Bale look like a child. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. So, so just kind of yeah, how does this movie kind of differ from the previous ones? Well, for one, I mean, the pacing is a lot slower in this movie in comparison to definitely The Dark Knight and even Batman Begins because Batman Begins kind of has a little bit more of a slower start. But like once as you get to like the halfway point in that movie, things really start taking off. And then it's like, you know, okay, action scene, five minutes go by action scene type thing. And then Dark Knight is like legitimately like there's an action scene every like 10 or 15 minutes almost it feels like. Yeah. Something going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, this one a lot slower. Uh, you definitely have like, like this is a another example of like uh, Batman like showing up like maybe almost an hour into the movie for the most part. Yeah. And whereas like in Batman Begins, once as Batman shows up, he was showing up all the time here for the most part. Uh, when he's uh, in this movie, he shows up for a little bit and then you know gets his uh, back broken by Bane and then you don't see him till like maybe the last, the last 15, act of the movie, yeah, yeah. 15, 10 minutes of the movie. Kind of, so and it took a lot for him to come out of retirement. No, it did. Yeah. And I mean, and here's the thing, like the first half and the second half of these movies, I feel like are two separate movies and two di- different, uh, ver- two di- very different tones from each other because the first half is like kind of like what you would kind of expect from, uh, a follow up to the Dark Knight and the aftermath and all that here, where like you know, uh, Batman is essentially a fugitive on the run from the police. He has to you know protect the city while at the same time you know have to contend with like the police that are trying to hunt him down, and you know and that's how I thought like 
the movie would play out like the whole way through. And, but then, you know, he gets his uh, back broken and then he gets uh, shipped over to like a, some like Arabic country and all that into a prison. Bane takes over the city, basically makes it declares martial law. Yeah. And it becomes like more of like, almost like a commentary of like a, Kind of like a, the degradation of like a society or of a community, essentially. Sure. Which that's another thing. This movie, it gets uh, more political. I feel like than the other movies. Yeah, and it definitely is. That's, that's not to say that these, the other two movies, uh, were completely uh, hands fr- or you know had their hands clean of like any type of like political storytelling because you had like, um, you know, Batman Begins kind of talk about police corruption. You had. Yeah. Uh, the Dark Knight talk about police corruption, but also terrorism and uh, the Patriot Act uh, briefly here with the surveillance thing yeah. here. And then, but this one, like I think really uh, makes it a kind of more of a central plot device here because you kind of, you have like the Occupy Wall Street mentality. Yep. You have like kind of like almost an anarchic uh, socialism that kind of develops under Bain's rule and all that. Yeah. But even a dictatorship of, ultimately he's a dictator but he's like it's in the hands of the people type of thing like let the people run the city right not these cops not these political Pol- yeah politicians yeah or any any of the appointed officials here Let's- so he, he essentially creates anarchy but it also very controlled anarchy because his his people are basically the new cops yeah the new enforcers of the town yeah um yeah there's also a lot of unconventional elements that are as far as for the Batman. Um, yeah. For like yeah. what people typically associate Batman with sure. here, because you know, you have like a football stadium getting blown up. You have a, you know, a nuclear bomb. You have a Batman fighting in broad daylight here. Yeah. You know, just a lot of weird choices. I feel like for this movie to like actually incorporate into, um, yeah, a Batman movie for the most part. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of those, like even, a lot of those plot points didn't even have to be there necessarily for the movie to work. No, like, there didn't have to be a nuclear bomb. No, at all. well, and we'll get to that like yeah in a bit, but yeah, it's a um, but no, I feel like there would have been like probably different ways you could have done it that would have been kind of more true to the mythos of Batman versus like you know what you did. Sure. Yeah, for me, it was much slower than the other two movies. Uh, I wouldn't say that the because you were talk, kind of talking about how the the beginning and end kind of feel like two separate movies. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that they feel like two separate movies to me, but just different acts of one story arc. Sure. Like it, it, you have Bruce Wayne's journey after he's, you know, essentially retired, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and tried to come, come back into this because the city needs him again. Right. But, uh, it's definitely not as dark. And I mean that both, both like, like, like tonally and cinematography, and just, yeah, wise, cinematography yeah. wise. Yeah, too. I mean it, it is dark, but it's not like it's not like a. I mean it's kind of interesting because like each each one of these movies have kind of has like a different definition of dark. Like you know they had like a Batman Begins kind of be more horror, yeah, uh, and like you know more nighttime shots and all that. The Dark Knight had more of like kind of a menacing dark and like you know kind of more of a like. Uh, just like how dark the the real world can be, and like just like how almost depressing kind of dark almost for, to a certain extent. Yeah. And then this one is like uh, is like essentially going on with like the whole dark where it's like okay, this is like the worst things have ever been for Gotham essentially, but it's the hopeless kind of kind of like bleak. the hope, yeah bleak yeah. bleak, but it's still not like as 
dark as I would say as the Dark Knight. No, in terms no, of that no, no. Respect. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's kind of I think how it mostly differs in a lot of ways is mm-hmm. you know a lot of the shots are in broad daylight that sort of thing. But let's take a look at the characters now. All right. Who do we got first? Well, we might as well get the elephant out of the room. It's Bane. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. For the most part, this is Bane's movie. Gets a lot of screen time. He's doing a lot of things. He is kind of the the guy who is uh, pushing the plot forward for the most part here. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if if this isn't Bane's movie, he's at least like second in contention for that spot. Here. Sure. So now here's the thing. I think Tom Hardy voice or Tom Hardy's voice. You know, it's it's an odd choice for Bane. And obviously, super odd. And obviously, it's a. Uh, obviously, I don't want Tom Hardy trying to you know do his best like a Colombian accent here right. or something like that. I feel like that would have just been pretty cringy. But uh, that being said, I mean, and here's the thing: it his voice is what makes him iconic as Bane. Yeah, like, I would I would agree. As ev- much as I don't like it, as ev- because everybody. When anybody thinks of Tom Hardy's Bane, they think of his voice there and, yeah. and all that. And, you know, I feel like it distracts from, like, what he's actually saying or what he's actually doing here. And I feel like, you know, that was kind of a missed opportunity on that part here. I, I think if they went with, like, say, he just has, like, a deep voice here or something along those lines, I think, you know, you would probably have sold, like, you know, like what he's actually trying to say or what he's at the point that he's actually coming to get across and like actually focus on that versus his voice for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's also an interesting take on Bane because he's, you know, a revolutionary slash kind of like a religious terrorist, kind of like similar to Al Qaeda or ISIS where they're kind of like almost like a cult uh, military group here. And, you know, they have, I mean, basically like, every one of their uh, members of their uh, affiliation are pretty much okay with like, you know, just sacrificing their lives to essentially blow up a city. Yeah. Because, jihad. Yeah, because nobody was, uh, nobody was like, had like a escape plan or like what they were going to do after here. So uh, now I understand why uh, Bane was, ca- or sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, they chose Tom Hardy for Bane because uh, you're wearing the mask, you know, the whole movie for the most part. And you have to do a, like a lot of like acting with your eyes, a lot of acting with your, uh, you know, with like the other uh, f- facial feature features on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I understand that part here. I do wish we got like somebody like, you know, like the mountain or like, you know, somebody of that stature to be like Bane, because that would be more accurate to like, kind of like how Bane is in the comics in terms of like size and stature here. Uh, yeah, definitely a lot bigger. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Schumacher Bane. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, yeah, I agree. I think the the choice of having Bane in here from a t- the terroristic standpoint was, was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not necessarily a Bane. Like there's no, like there's, not a lot that ties him to the original Bane. I mean, from the comics, I would say in terms of, uh, like, you know, uh, him just being brutal, brutal and, uh, intelligent and whatnot. I think they definitely capture. Oh, that, for sure. That, that piece. Part, yeah. I would say from like background, all that stuff, yeah. it's a lot different. Yeah. For the most part, I kind of like what they did with it. And I like, 
I think it was interesting, like the face thing that they made him wear, like was integral to like to him, like to actually, him actually like, being functional, right? Yeah. And so, um, which ended up being a weak point for him once Batman figured it out, you know? Yeah. Um, his methods are interesting, kind of like you said. He's I, I wrote down, yeah, Bane's a cult leader and terrorist, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking about rising up in the fire, like fire that yeah. rises. I was like, yeah, he's like, it's happening, basically. And he makes that guy, yeah, stay on the in that plane. plane scene. Which was that practical? That was practical. Yeah. So I, I was mean, they're, thinking they're, that the whole time. I was like, wait, I think this is practical. There, there are like, uh, there is like some CGI. Uh, use like you know when the wings come off that sure. that CGI, but yes, that is practical. They That'd actually suspended a uh, like a um, like a I, I don't know what you would call it, but like the the, the whole, cylinder piece, yeah, yeah, the cylinder piece, the whole of the airplane up on like a helicopter, like thousands of feet up in the air, and shot that scene. Yep, so crazy. But. That's pretty cool. Um, I like that. Um, uh, he was trained by Raz Al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Uh, too extreme. They kind of kicked him out, type of thing, which is interesting to me well, too. Well, I mean, I think that was kind of a ruse because then they later go into like the fact that you know he is the League of Shadows now, type of thing. Well, he is the League of Shadows, but then you know the real reason why uh, Raz kicked him out was because he had a thing for his daughter here, and he, he reminded him of like you know the prison that uh, essentially killed his wife. When Talia's given that whole spiel, yeah, but his, I don't. He didn't have a thing for his daughter. He's like, a, it was like his daughter type of thing. Like he was protecting her, right? But he said like his only crime was that he loved me, basically. Yeah, but love doesn't necessarily mean in a like a yeah. like a partner Rom- way, romantic but, way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's how I took that one. That anyway. would be super weird if it was that way. To be honest, though, yeah. because Bane's like got to be in his twenties when he's in the the pit. Yeah, exactly. So. And she's like ten. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it, would, <laughs> it would be weird, but I mean, hey, Padme yeah. and Anakin here—they're not that far apart. They're like five years, I think. I don't know. Yeah, because she was fourteen and he was nine. Okay. Anyway, but um, so yeah, I—he's a no-nonsense kind of guy. I like that they—the way they made him, like personality, like just his menacing, like. Like just his overall physical domination of anyone, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, like there's like that part where he's talking to uh, Ben Mendelsohn's uh, character uh, Daggett. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, "Do you feel like you're in charge? Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like you're in charge? Yeah, yeah uh, like they have a lot of like speaking of like actors like Ben Mendelsohn, they have a lot of like little parts in this movie that are done by huge actors. Yeah, exactly. Well, which I thought was interesting. It, it is interesting. One last thing I do want to say about Bane. That guy has excellent phlebotomy skills. Like, if he can, like, find a, a vein and stick it into oh, a, yeah, a in dude, the plane. It, like, in a plane while, like, everything is, like, you know, just Falling moving apart. around, like, just being super unstable. I mean, you know, I mean, in another life, Bane, in another life. Right. Yeah, no, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. Even the, I think from the first scene, because you get Littlefinger right in the first scene. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I'm saying. Like little, little, little pieces done by big actors, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if Littlefinger was really that big during that time. Just probably because, not. I'm because just, I think Game look, of even Ben Mendelsohn, you know, like, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like that whole scene was dope. Like the hijack. Yeah. The plane, the, yeah, the all plane that. hijack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bane's character. I liked, uh, I thought his jacket was dope. 
that big like puffy one he wears when he like yeah when they go into wall street basically yeah black gate and like yeah. they're releasing all the prisoners yeah so yeah let's move on to the next character so batman and bruce wayne so the batman so so this is more of a bruce wayne movie they kind of you know really show more about like his life and what he's doing outside of the cape and cowl yeah and you know, like I mentioned before, Batman doesn't show up almost to an hour into the movie and then he disappears again, like for almost another hour for the most part. But, and you know, you never really feels like he gets enough screen time, even though like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like, when well, it's you, just not an, it's not interesting screen time. Right. And well, compared to like uh, what you see in like the other movies here, it's like, it kind of seems like, you know, Batman's role was just to like serve a point, not necessarily be like the highlight of the movie almost Mm -hmm. it feels like. But um, I do like the approach that they went with where he's essentially a man who has lost his will to live. You know, he's kind of echoing like, you know um, you know how he is in the dark Knight returns where uh, you know, he's old, he's retired, he's no longer fighting crime but at a certain point he's just looking for a good death just because life is just you know not really worth living to him if he can't really be serving a purpose but, yeah and i i thought that that was an interesting take like where he's just kind of like a hermit now like yeah no one ever sees him yeah uh he hobbles around because of all his injuries from being batman mm-hmm. um yeah i just thought that was interesting yeah you know, that that, that kind of route they went yeah and i mean I mean, a couple of criticisms I do have of Batman in this movie. So, uh, for one, Bale's voice just gets super cringy in this one. Like, He's definitely rusty when it comes to the Batman voice. Well, it's like there's definitely parts where I'm like, okay, you should have probably t- tried some couple of takes on that one, buddy. Like, maybe some different uh, voice flexations. Or Well, I think it's great that we get one of the where is she? Like things in every movie, basically. Yeah, like uh, it's, where's and, the trigger now? And, where's the trigger? And, and where is it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, then there's also like I get that this is gonna an older and slower, you know, Batman. But I would still want to kick more butt than he actually did in this movie yeah. because you know I don't feel like he really got like a really really like standout part to to shine. It's like it feels like he's got to get his butt kicked like, you know, five times before he can start kicking somebody else's butt type of thing. Pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, what else we got going on? So, uh, also this is legitimately the dumbest he's ever been in the trilogy here. I mean, freaking Miranda Tate. I feel like world's greatest detective should have seen that one coming a mile away. No kidding. Because I mean, like, you know, you, you barely know this lady you decide to eventually go into like a business partnership with it. It was like, okay, yeah, fine. But then all of a sudden she shows outside your house for reasons, you know? Right. And she barely knows you. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, come on, man, like use your brain a little bit, honestly. But, uh, but I do like how it does, uh, further explore Bruce Wayne's, uh, kind of psyche in this movie, you know, I just don't know if like the finale was would have been the best place to explore it. Like if you had like another movie in between, uh, The Dark Knight and this one, I felt like that might have been a little bit of a better time to kind of explore because 
at a certain point, I feel like with the finale, you should have like pretty much your character's motivations already kind of like figured out. And like, they're already, you know, uh, decided on like, you know, who they are, who they're going to be and all that stuff. And then there, it's just like, you know, the final battle type thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you when it comes to, to like Batman and Bruce in this movie is like, Man, he, it definitely shows, especially especially through the whole Miranda Tate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Um, he's super sloppy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it would have been all right if there was a payoff saying like, you know, oh, this I'm, is the reason I did this. Well, type like, of thing. or like, you know, when like she admits that she's like Talia Al Ghul, and he says, "Yeah, I know, I knew that like uh, months ago." Right. Know? Yeah, the world's greatest detective is definitely. He, he he's a little rusty in this movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I don't have a whole lot for Batman's character. Like as far as in my notes, it's mostly the other characters. Sure, which is probably saying something. But uh, yeah, I think he's just a a crusty version of what we got in the Dark Knight. Really, yeah. And it just kind of shows where he's at. He's mentally he's mentally defeated before he's physically defeated in this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Bane knows that he's like, you've lost it basically. Oh yeah. I mean, there's that one line that I think is like a, a pretty thought provoking line. It's like peace has cost you your strength. Victory has defeated you here. Kind of yeah, thing. totally. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I mean, they do explore. Yeah. Like you, you're already gone. Like you, you, even you coming back, you're not really back until after he crawls out of the pit basically. Yeah. And so then you kind of get the resurrected Batman and yeah, who's not a hundred percent, but yeah. Um, I hate how he doesn't get any satisfying fights. No, he really doesn't. In like this the fight movie. with Bane, even like he does. Like he, you're talking about at the he's end. He's winning. Yeah, he, he beat him essentially. But it's not. It's not as satisfying as you would want it. Well, here. no, because then Catwoman rolls up and just kills him. Yeah, shoots him with the the bat pod. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, well, speaking of Catwoman, so yeah. Catwoman slash Selena Kyle, uh, portrayed by Anne Hathaway. So I got a hot take here. Okay. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Better Catwoman than Michelle Pfeiffer. Wrong, but that's okay that you feel that way. It, I mean, you know, facts don't care about your feelings, Brett. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't say that's a fact, but I understand where you're going with it. I mean, here's the thing. No, actually, I really like Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Because here's the thing. Like, I understand why people gravitate towards Michelle Pfeiffer. Because, I mean, she was... A she's cent- classic. Well, yeah. she's this, There's nostalgia. There's classic. Uh, you know, she was... Um, I think she, you know, kind of like... Uh, redefined what people thought of Catwoman uh, with her portrayal of it. Kind of like how Michael Keaton did for Batman way back in 89 here. That being said, it's like you look at Michelle Pfeiffer. She is not Catwoman from the comics. What whatsoever she gets resurrected by cats. It's super weird. And like has nine lives and she's like straight up psychotic here. Like, yeah, like definitely different. Not a cat burglar. and, and, And just like, and also just slutty too here. Pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, Anne Hathaway's version isn't not slutty. So right, but I mean, you know, she's using it for reasons though. She to like get in and out of places or right. But I mean, this is a much more comic accurate version of the oh, character 100%, compared 100%. to like uh, what we got in Batman Returns here. I mean, I do feel like she is a little underrated in this movie just because a lot of people do tend to focus on, uh, you know, Bane and yeah. also. 
they kind of dismiss her for not being Michelle Pfeiffer for the most part. But I mean, I think one scene that really speaks to like, uh, you know, her performance in this movie is the bar scene where she's uh, oh, yeah. trading in the fingerprints for like Bruce Wayne. And she's got like some pretty good one liners in there. She, oh yeah. She's like, you know, I don't know what you're planning on doing with uh, Mr. Wayne's uh, fingerprints, but I'm taking that. You're going to need his thumbprint. You don't count so good. Do you? And it's like, Oh yeah, there was only four prints on that thing. Here. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the whole setup where she's like, you know, has him call Holly to bring in the last fingerprint on he's, the congressman's yeah, phone. His phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, okay. Definitely reminiscent of Batman, even exactly like the, yeah. that level of intellect. Yeah. And planning out. And then like, she uh, pretends like she's just like a bystander in the shootout and yeah. all that. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, I mean, really, really good stuff for like, you know, the character on that one here. Uh, now that being said, the redemption arc in this movie, very rushed. Like, even though this movie takes uh, place over the course of six months, it's a very rushed, uh, you know, uh, uh, thing with her. And I mean, I get it. You know, movies, two hours long, pretty hard to do a good, satisfying redemption I mean, story within a movie. But I feel like if, say you introduced her, like, in a previous movie, and then she had this redemption arc in this movie. You actually like take some time to actually like make that like kind of come to fruition. It makes a lot more sense at that point. Yeah. I mean, I kind of see what you're saying. I think that the whole scene where Bane, he, she watches Bane break Bruce. Yeah. I mean, you definitely see like, I think that's kind of what, when she's like, Oh crap. Like, like, like what did I do? I actually did something. And well, and even then it's like, yeah, you do. I, I get like, you know what they were going for because you see that like, not only, that she made a mistake there, but also her perceptions on like, you know, uh, you know, her, the rich people that she despises, like, and Bruce Wayne being one of them. Yeah. She's like, Oh, this is a guy that's actually putting his life on the line, even though he's like super rich here yeah. to like, you know, better the city here. And yeah, I, she, and I just, uh, I just basically fed him to the wolves. Yep. Yeah. So, um, for me, I just don't like how quickly she turns it on and off. And what I mean by that is like the, you know, like when she goes in there and then all of a sudden she's just like very, like very, very sure composed yes. and confident. Yes. Well, I mean, I mean, I get it. I just, I don't like the way that Anne Hathaway portrayed that piece of Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, it was almost cheesy to me. Mm. And so I thought it was interesting that she could do that, but I was just like, eh, it's just kind of cheesy. Well, I mean that, but that's Catwoman in general here, you know. I know, I mean, but like she's... you could do a better job of it, especially if you're Anne Hathaway. I feel like. I mean, maybe, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like you know, in the comics, that's like how she is all the time, very self assured and all that, and like Anne Hathaway, I feel like brings a little bit more uh, human element to it because you get to see like her with her insecurities and like her wrestling with decisions and all that yeah sure i just don't like how she did it Fair enough. it's just like my own opinion i guess but uh i said it earlier but cat one's accomplice holly of being an earlier robin yeah interesting don't really even know why she's there i mean maybe the at all to be honest probably just for that one bar scene really probably uh cat was a socialist Pretty much, yeah. I mean, def- definitely, she would have been at the Occupy Wall Street uh, yeah, movement for sure. Scum. Uh, and, uh, you know, similar to Batman's methods of interrogation, talking about that scene of where it's like, 
I've given you this and I need my information. If I get hosed, I've got a backup plan because I'm not going to give you what you want type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then just like her, her kind of arc of wanting that fresh start and then Bruce being the one that can somehow offer it to her of, I can actually do this. Like I bought this technology a lot. So I'll give it to you. The, my main, my main thing is, is like, Bruce being betrayed by her trusts her way too quick. Yes, he literally comes back to town and he's the first person. She's the first person he like contacts basically. Yeah, of like, hey, uh, I'll give you that fresh start if you help me do this. Yeah, and he's like joking with her and stuff. I'll be so mad. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Well, especially considering how like you legitimately walked me into a trap. Like the reason why the the city is in the state that it's in is like arguably due to you. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I get the idea that, okay, I'm going to make this argument because it's a pretty compelling argument. If you don't help me, that bomb's going off and you need a way off this Island here. Totally. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next character. Robin slash John Blake, just John Blake. (laughs) So good old John Blake. So here's the thing. Like, I like the character. I think I like jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he's a good actor, and I like what he brought to this movie. Uh, you know, and kind of how we discussed earlier, he is kind of an amalgamation of, like, the three main Robins that we got in the comics. You know, he's a cop like Dick Grayson. He has, like, he's kind of a hothead, kind of got, you know, angry issue- Todd. issues. And, like, yeah, I saw his dad get murdered like Jason Todd did. And, uh... But and he also fil- uh, figures out uh, Batman's identity, like right away, like uh, Tim Drake did. Right. So, but that being said, ultimately his role in this movie is primarily just to be a torchbearer. You know, this is yeah, somebody the Terry McGinnis kind of situation. Yeah, like Dick I mean, Grayson when he takes up the mantle. Essentially, like the only purpose he really serves in this movie is essentially to for Bruce to pass the baton to essentially, which and, that's kind of the point of these movies was for Batman to become a symbol. Right. Exactly. I just feel like the arc was rushed it's, again a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, it would have been a lot more satisfying if he was introduced in a previous movie and they were working to the setup because this movie, well, I mean, it's eight years after dark Knight. No, I understand that. So he would have been a kid basically, or a teenager essentially. I'm not saying introduce him in the dark Knight because I feel like, you know, if you entered because I mean, the thing is, is with the dark Knight. I mean, I feel like everything in that movie served its own purpose and it's already packed to the gills already as it is. Here. Right. I'm saying if you had like a movie in between the dark Knight and the dark Knight rises or something. Oh like yeah, that, for sure. In terms of like, you know, wanting to do this story arc, if you had more time to flesh out the character and flesh things out, then I think that would have been, you know, you would have stuck the landing a little bit better with uh, this story arc. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, you know, I like the character of John Blake, like he's a cop. Mm-hmm. He has that orphan background, like, you know, a lot of the Robins do. Yep. Uh, him along with, uh, you know, Lucius and, uh, Commissioner Gordon are kind of the ones that convince him to be Batman again. And yeah. It was kind of out of nowhere where John Blake's like, he just shows I, up. It, it was, well, yeah, he shows up to Bruce's house. He's like, I, when I was young, I knew who you really were the first time I met you type of thing you know like he knew he was batman lazy lazy writing 
Yeah, he becomes a detective, obviously, throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of evolving. He's growing as a police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, he shoots two guys. He throws his gun away. He's yeah. like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Uh, throws his badge away. Throws his badge movie. away because he's just like, people are stupid. They don't actually use their brains. They just listen to orders. Yeah. You know, and then just the corruption within the police department, even with Gordon. Like, yeah, no. Because, he, because Gordon lied about the Harvey Dent stuff. And that's kind of a huge plot point where Bane reads his speech. Yeah. Of resignation, you know, and how he lied about this in order for this to happen. And mm-hmm. then when he found that out, he's just like, I'm done. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So next up on the list, we have, we're kind of going to go over what we like and some of our favorite quotes from the movie here. Yeah. So I guess I'll start it off. So the plane scene, pretty good. Like at the very beginning of the movie here, you know, you essentially got plane or Bane doing sky hook with an actual airplane here, like mostly done with practical effects. Yeah. Um, I wish it went longer because I feel like that was like, a little too short for like such a really genius action uh, set piece. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do like how they tied in uh, the league of shadows to Bane just because it makes logical sense as to why this is, this guy can beat up Batman. He's had the same training. He's a little bit younger. He has like, you know, more ferocity, obviously more jacked than Batman here. Um, Well, Bane would have been older. Would he? Yeah. I'm Try, pretty sure. Trying to think about that. Because Talia is probably more closer to his age. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I'd, uh, I'd have to break out the timeline on that yeah. here. I mean, it, it's not it's not weird for, I guess, Bruce to go with a younger lady, but... Well, he's with younger ladies all the time. Yeah, but anyway, like... I thought I thought that that whole piece of bringing League of Shadows in, having Ra's al Ghul a, a part of it, mm-hmm. was kind of you know bookending it because it started with that. Sure, I thought yeah. it was cool. I well, I'll talk about this when I with what I don't like. Okay, but I just don't like the Talia character at all. Yeah, we'll get into that here. But uh, the return to Batman, probably the best action movie in the scene here. You know, it starts off. You know, All the cops are after him. After and Bane and like uh, his hostages from the stock exchange market. The, the lights go out. Oh, the lights like, go oh, out. Snap. And then you just hear the bat pod yeah. and all that. And and then, you know, you have him uh, doing a jump off of the uh, that truck and all that. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with him uh, going into the alley and then getting the bat or you know, as you know from the, the comics, bat wing. the Batwing, yeah. Yep. So, no, really good scene. Um, now, in terms of like the best scene in the movie, period, I think has to be the climb where he climbs out of the pit, just because for for one, this is kind of like what the movie's been building towards. It's like Bruce has lost his will to live, and this is him actually finding his will to live again here, and actually saying, "Okay, I'm not." I'm no longer just looking for a good death. I'm actually looking for a good life here. Yeah. I think my favorite scene is probably, um, I don't know. There's a couple of them that come to mind, but just like the last fight scene, I liked a lot where like the cops are actually like on Batman's side finally. Yeah. And they all fight together type of thing. I mean, really quick turnaround for like the cops to be like, uh, hunting Batman down like a dog to like, you know, being super cool with him and like fighting with him 
within the same movie. Here, I mean, you know? if you get to that point of desperation, sure, no, you're going to take anyone you can get. No, I under I understand why it was done. It's just it's just kind of an odd thing to do within the yeah. two and a half hour time span. Sure. I really I also like uh, uh, when John Blake goes into the hospital and he's like, uh, oh, he's like. He, you know, takes the two guys. He hears the gunshots. He runs upstairs, and then and then Gordon's he, oh, gun pops on. He's like, "Check your corners, rookie." Yeah, like, love that part. Yeah, no, that's, that's a probably good part. A great. That's a great quote. That's a great quote. Yeah, but now going back to the the climb scene. I mean, like, you know, one thing I don't think we really talked about, like uh, in our previous uh, uh, Thursday throwbacks, is uh, the score in this movie because Hans Zimmer, like, really, yeah, I think really does a great job in this scene in particular. Like it's super. I, good. I talked about like the theme of the Dark Knight, like that one kind of note that kind of is like, uh, oh yeah, like know? where it's like a guitar note, just like yeah. getting more tighter and yeah. just like escalating the, yeah, that tension. Yeah, that tension. Yeah, mm-hmm. but even Catwoman's theme was cool in this movie. I liked it. Yeah, just to like doo doo, like yeah. the little yeah, kind of playful, yeah. but also very like subtle piano. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. Oh, just a couple of quotes. So, uh, I think my favorite quote from Bane is when he's down in the sewers, they brought, oh, him, yeah. they brought him, uh, the police commission commissioner. And he's like, why did you bring him down here? This is like the, this is like the last person I want down here right now. And then, and then they said like, you know, search him, Uh, and then I'm going to kill you next. And then Gordon, uh, makes a break for it and like goes down the sewer main and, and, uh, Bane saying like, okay, show me his body if he's dead. And he's like, well, it's hard to pin him down just because he's like the, the water main goes like anywhere, you know, anywhere. Yeah. So he puts a phone into his pocket, says, follow him and just shoots him. <laughs> and then just shoots him. Yeah. And he pushes him in basically. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And then, um, I best Batman line. This isn't a car. When, oh, like yeah. a Catwoman saying like, my, my mother always warned me about getting into cars. Yeah, and he strangers. takes off. And she's like, like, this oh. isn't a car. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. Uh, yeah. Bruce Wayne, when he's in the prison, he, you know, they're talking about like, uh, you know, you like your fr- like fear is why you f- fell from the, uh, from the climb here and all that. And he's like, I'm not afraid. I'm angry. Yeah. And it's like, that's what you want from Batman. Oh, totally. Man. Yeah. I think my favorite Batman line in the whole movie, mm-hmm. and I might mess it up because I forgot to write it down. Okay. Was when him and Catwoman are coming down to the sewers and she goes, oh, he's right there. He, he Or he's right behind. Or I can't remember. He says like, to the henchman. He's, he's behind you. Yeah, and he's like, who? Me. Yeah. And he's like upside down. Yeah. It's called back he, from uh, Batman, Batman Begins. Begins. And yeah. then the next scene is him grabbing someone in the darkness. Yeah. So I liked that kind of callback to Batman Begins. Yeah. Because we didn't get any of that really in, in the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. No. I mean, there was like maybe like, yeah, just the one scene in uh, China that you that's similar to that. But right. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that that was that's probably my favorite, you know, scene slash. I think it's just so iconic just when Bane's fighting him and breaks his back, you know? It is. I mean, I do have a couple of reservations about that fight here, but we'll get to that in a little bit unless uh, you got you got more to add on to the I stuff that we like. And I don't know. I just puts. I really like uh, John Blake as a character. I really like a lot of things about this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting fancy with the word film here. Yeah, you know. Sometimes. Sometimes you have to. 
But yeah, let's talk about what we didn't like. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, um, John Blake, in terms of like how he found out uh, Bruce Wayne is Batman, very weak. Now, I mean, here's the thing. You're a detective. You know, you could have actually, or like a cop, you could have actually, you know, used that rationale to actually explain, you know, a more practical or logical way of finding that out. But, you know, um, one of the main things I have a problem with in this movie is Talia Effin Al Ghul. (laughs) I agree 100%. I don't think she's a good actress at all. No, I, so uh, Marion Cotillard. I have not seen a movie that she's been in that I like her in. What else is she in? She was in Inception. Of course. Uh, she was in Public Enemies. I don't think I've seen that. That's uh, the one with uh, Johnny Depp and Christian Bale. Yeah, uh, I never saw that one. I never saw that one? Okay. Um, she was also in uh, that one movie with Russell Crowe called A Good Year and all that. Nope. But, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't think she's a good actress. I think she overacts on things and look, look at her death scene in this movie. It's absolutely like one of the worst death scenes I've seen in a mainstream movie here. Doesn't she just like die in that car though? Yeah. Well, she like, she's legitimately talking and then she just like, and then she just like, she just goes narcoleptic. Yeah. Stupid. But, and here's the thing. Talia's inclusion in this movie is really just to serve the purpose of a last minute plot twist. Totally. There's no point for her being there is none besides that. And even the plot twist doesn't make a whole lot of sense here. It's like you could have literally just cut her out of the movie. Just had Bane really feel like any role that she has, like after the fact that she reveals herself to be Talia al Ghul and it would have been the same movie just, you know, with a, except without a shoehorn plot twist. Yeah, and I think that it t- honestly takes away from Bane. No, it absolutely does because then Bane gets like an absolutely lousy death scene after that. <sighs> yep. So, uh, the football scene I think is very out of place for a Batman movie. I think you could have like done a different way to like get uh, Bane to like you know relay his message to the citizens of Gotham and also the world. Um, now the nuclear reactor that essentially becomes like the MacGuffin of the movie or the central uh, plot device. Mm-hmm. I think is it makes the tone suffer. I think it makes the pacing suffer. And I think it makes the plot suffer just because you have like this thing that it's going to take five months for it to go off here. It's like, you know, it just, it just makes it like just a really weird plot device. And yeah, it, totally. And it's also a very like un Batman plot device here. Like this is something I would feel like, Superman, Superman or Iron Man or something like that. that yeah. It belongs in one of their movies, not not Batman, but um, Batman in the first uh, fight with Bane. I don't know why, but he fights so slow. And I think it's just his re- being retired well, for all that time. And- well, and here's the thing: like I initially, that's I initially thought like, okay, yeah, that's the reason why. But then you see him like in other scenes, like on the rooftop scene where he's like fighting a lot quicker and like you know throwing punches a lot faster here maybe because it was he knew how big this guy was trying to get more power behind what he was doing mm. i don't know that. i don't know because i mean i i just think it was uh i think it was just a very weak display here it's like you know i felt like you know yeah i don't know no i get it um 
Uh, let's see what we got else here. Okay. Bane using uh, Gordon's speech to convince uh, the city that Harvey Depp was corrupt. So here's the thing. Obviously, it's kind of a stretch for you know Gordon to have his speech on him when he's like going down into the sewers chasing after Bane. Well, yeah, because I was trying to figure out how he got it. Right, because I think, yeah. When they searched him. Well, and not even that. It's like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure a couple days go go. Yeah, go by after that whole event where he's, uh, you know, about to say, "Hey, this is uh, this is the uh, the speech that I wrote about the truth about Harvey Dent," and then and then he still has it on him. That's right. like obviously okay. It's kind of weird. It is. It is weird. And then whatever. But but the thing that bugs me about it is like, so are all the people in Gotham just? idiots just because they're going to yeah. just like uh take Bane's word uh that says hey uh there's this guy that I got a speech off of him uh he wrote this I have no way to prove that he did write this but you know you should believe there's a, me there's a lot of stupid things like that in this movie like even the whole idea that how did John Blake figure out who Batman was? But Commissioner Gordon had no idea like yeah. until the very end when he goes and says, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah like, he's like Bruce Wayne after he kind of gave him that riddle. Well, yeah, essentially like told him that you're, you're the one you put a, a coat around me, me. comforted me. Yeah. Like when, when my parents were murdered. Yeah. Know? But no, it was, uh, no, I mean, there's a lot of that in this movie where it's just like lazy writing, plot holes, just kind of like sloppy handiwork for like compared to like the first two movies. I felt like they really nailed down like, OK, you know, uh, this like kind of the writing, you know, all that stuff here. And like, you know, when we did our Thursday throwback, we had pretty few things to complain about with those right. movies. Here. Yeah, the, this one is that doesn't quite uh, get that uh, luxury, but um I think another thing that, that I just don't understand why in God's green earth would Bane keep the cops alive underground for five months? Why? It legitimately makes no More sense. More hostages? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, why would you have like... They're essentially in jail. Right. Like, but locked up at that point. But that's 3,000 police officers that could pose a threat to your domination and rule in the city. And instead of just like letting them starve and die in the sewers, you're like, I oh, will give you food and supplies and all that. Just so that, you know, you can just stick around for a big battle that we're going to have later and all that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it legitimately makes no sense whatsoever, but and then how is Gordon still on the police force after <laughs> at the end of this movie, uh, after being r essentially ratted out as, you know, a corrupt, uh, cause person. everyone else is worse. Yeah. I, I mean, guess I, I, I don't know, man, because apparently according to like this movie after the dark night, they cleaned the streets pretty good. And like, you know, there's, no organized crime. There's no corrupt cops or anything like that. So it's like, I don't get it. But, I don't know. But, you know, but I think a big issue with this movie is 
we kind of talked about this uh, previously with like uh, other things, but it's like, there's a lot of like story that is writing the characters and not the other way around where the characters and their motivations write the story and you see things play out. Yeah. You ha- you have a, you have characters like serving roles or like doing things that don't really line up with their motivations all that much and just stuff like that. Yeah. I think, um, oh, I was trying to remember what I was going to say. I had something and then I totally blanked. Um, on things that I liked, but wasn't too sure about. Cause we're going into like what we're kind of like lukewarm about, like indifferent about, I guess, but right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of that in this movie. Probably there, there is a lot of lukewarm elements to it where it's like, it's not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad. It's just kind of somewhere in between. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess we could just jump into that then. All right. Uh, yeah, for me, a lot of what you said, it kind of um, just like what I'm lukewarm about is just like the whole ending of the movie. Mm. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Alfred alludes to it through his little fantasy he has, but he's also actually on vacation. Yeah. His fantasy is that when he's on vacation at his ca- this cafe, he sees Bruce across the street with a wife and kids yeah. and they're happy. And yeah, and they, that's what he wishes for Bruce. Yeah. And um you know, we essentially get that. Yeah, I mean, essentially Alfred does spoil the movie in the first Do you first remember act. some people were trying to say that that was a um, his imagination again? <laughs> yep, and no, I've had a very uh, very uh passionate arguments with people who've believed that. And I've even told them like, here's the thing. Like, uh, there's like legitimately like, you know, a bunch of facts that I can bring out. Cause some people why, are like Batman's dead. Yeah. Like, pr- no, he's not proving why this is not a hallucinate hallucination. Here, yeah. You know, fix the autopilot. Yeah. Fix, fix the autopilot. And Bruce Wayne's name's in there. Bruce Wayne's name's in there. Also just the fact that, um, there's that part uh, when they're going over like, you know, all the things from the will that says like, have you found the missing item yet? Is there like, not yet. Like, well, keep looking. We can't leave a string of pearls on the men on the manifest as lost. And then when you go and see uh, that scene with Alfred and Bruce in the cafe, Catwoman's there wearing the pearl necklace. Yeah. So, you know, come at me. Yeah. I mean, I I your move. Know. Yeah. Checkmate. Checkmate. No, yeah. Um, there's just yeah. There's a lot of things with characters and stuff where I'm like, I don't even know why you're here. Yeah. Um, I already named a couple. What's the name of the uh, police guy who's underneath Gordon? Yeah. No. I. This is one he of the things on my. On is this my, a punk? Yeah. Uh, he's a Foley. coward. Yeah, he's a coward. Foley. So here's the thing, Foley. I think this is kind of what I'm kind of getting at when in terms of like saying this is almost like two different movies kind of mushed together here because like Foley in the first half, I get why he's there. He's kind of to be like the antagonist in terms of like uh, being in the police department. He's the one leading the charge against Batman saying that, okay, yeah, this guy, we need to kill him because he killed, you know, Harvey Dent. And, but after, you know, the second half of the movie and then, you know, after all that comes, you know, comes out to be a ruse and, uh, you know, a, 
a lie, basically. Uh, he, there's really no reason for him to be in the movie any more than that here. He got way too much screen time he deserves in that movie that he has like, yeah. a little like mini arc where he's like not wanting to like, you know, uh, go against Bane just because he's going to die doing so. And then he get, and goes full on ceremonial like, gear yeah, with his yeah. white gloves, basically like he was going to a funeral. Yeah. Which essentially he was. Yeah, his own. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah, just his inclusion in that was like just kind of a waste of time. You c- could have probably spent that time on like, you know, developing, uh, you know. John Blake. John Blake yeah. or even Catwoman's uh, Redempted arc or something like that. But, yeah. Was he just another actor from Inception that Christopher Nolan wanted to get in there? I don't think, I don't remember seeing him in Inception. I could be wrong, I, but I don't remember seeing it <clears throat> okay. in there. But, I mean, one of the things that I'm kind of lukewarm about is here's is I like what they were trying to do with this movie because essentially it's trying to take story beats from The Dark Knight Returns, Nightfall, and No Man's Land. You know, you got the, the whole Dark Knight Returns element with like him being an older Bruce Wayne. Even like the ending is very re- reminiscent to The Dark Knight Returns with him faking his death and all that. Um, you also have, uh, the whole like Bane story arc in terms of like him, like beating Batman running the city that's straight out of nightfall, but the whole, like, uh, you know, uh, Gotham as a failed st- state that you see like in the second half of the movie, that's straight out of no man's land. Yeah. So, so something I, I remembered what I was going to say earlier, something I did like, but I thought it was just really weird was that. They brought Scarecrow back again, and he's like the judge of this court that yeah. basically just kills I mean, people. I mean, that was kind of like that they don't like. That was more of like a joke. Oh, totally, the, yeah. But but I mean, it it when you think about it, it, legitimately doesn't make sense. It's like okay, this is like a bio terrorist that tried to poison our city like about I don't know less than ten years ago. Yeah, and we're gonna just sit, be like, oh, we cool, you know? You I think can, it was just a tie in in the first movie again. Sure, sure. Like, I'm still around. Yeah, exactly. Type of thing, but now uh, going back on to like you know the whole like uh, other inspirations they're pulling from the comics. I mean, I like what they were trying to do with those. I feel like they were juggling too many elements here because yeah. I mean, again, uh, you know, like this movie would have been better served if you took like some of those elements, had another movie in between, and then you know, and then had them you know carry on or get fleshed out in that way here. Sure. So, and, uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people have issue with in this movie is, uh, Alfred leaving like in the first third of this movie, basically he's just gone. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand like why they had to write him out just because it would have been like, you wouldn't know what to do with him if, uh, after, uh, he gets his, uh, back broken and he disappears. It's like, okay. You know, it's like, what do we do with this character? Because really his, the main reason why we have him in this movie is his relationship to Bruce. Right. And he's not around for most of the movie. Right. So, so I mean, but it does cut against his character just because it's like, this is someone that has vowed to protect Bruce. Yeah. And absence of his parents here. And it's just like, you know, like him leaving, like is not really like, uh, following through with like that motivation, even in the dark Knight returns, it's like Alfred literally dies, like blowing up Wayne Manor, protecting his secrets here to make sure that 
everything goes according to plan here. Yep. Like he, he's with them till the end. Totally. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about fully. I, I think, uh, so in terms of, um, the ending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned the ending now. Here's the thing. I like the ending. I don't think it's earned because the thing is, is like John Blake should not have taken the, no formal martial arts training at all. No, other than just being a cop and just do and just doing some things. It is. It's a symbolic thing. I get that, but it, it in no way should he take over as the Batman. Well, it's like it. You know, I, yeah, I get the what they were trying to do with it, but the thing was, is like, it doesn't make sense just because. And there's a redone bat signal on the top of GCPD when Commissioner Gordon goes up there. Yep. So Wayne had the time to go up there and install a new bat yeah. signal. Yeah. Before before he left. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe maybe after the fact here. Who knows. But no, it's a, um, it's a, one of those things where it's like, you know, if, if, um, John Blake found the Batcave and Bruce was down there, it says like, all right, training starts in the morning here or something like that type thing. Yeah. That would, you know, I'd be like, okay, that that's actually, you know, a little bit more believable here, at least in terms of him taking over the mantle, as opposed to just say, oh, yeah, I found this sweet cave. It's got, like, a super suit in it yeah, and all, all this these stuff. these gadgets. Yeah, exactly. But, but and then also, like, uh, Bruce and Selena's relationship, you know, it's like, it literally happens, like, the last minute of the movie, and then, you know, you're supposed to believe that they lived happily ever after. It's like, no, you didn't put any work into, like, fleshing that out either no, here. not really. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, there's elements to that ending where, you know, I like, I like it. You should have earned it though. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with the whole ending piece. I thought it would have been way better suited. Uh, I was kind of waiting for Bruce to be in the bat cave. Yeah, exactly. Where he finds it and he's just like, Hey, what's up? Like, or you could just show him like him look like rising up on that platform. And then he's like standing up there yeah, or something. And, just like looking. You don't have to, you don't have to say no, any words. That's here. it. But with John Blake and Catwoman, those characters are very problematic just because they're introduced in this movie. They have like big story arcs that impact the overall movie and the ending. And it's like, it gives you, gives you very little time to actually, you know, uh, flesh it out and make it satisfying. If, you had a, another movie in between the dark Knight and the dark Knight rises and you introduced those characters there probably would have panned out a lot better. Just yeah. my two cents. No, I agree. I don't have anything to add to that piece. All right. So time to get into our final thoughts on the movie and wrap this thing up. So, um, compared to most superhero movies, this movie actually holds its own. It's pretty good by the, you know, I would say your average, superhero movie standards here. I think compared to the first two movies, it's absolutely weak compared to the first two, just in terms of writing story, directing action, pretty much the whole shebang here. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there is a quite a bit in this movie that I do like, and I do enjoy, but for everything that is good in this movie, it feels like it has something that it in there that detracts from it. Sure. And I think this is a pr- prime example of the movie trying to do too much and too little of the time here. It's kind of like, you know, rise of Skywalker trying to juggle too much and trying to like, you know, 
wrap everything up in a nice bow here. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, it's one, I think that the movie's trying to serve too many masters and it ultimately fails like, or, you know, on all those fronts, it doesn't like, you know, make one of those storylines like completely satisfying. Yeah. Um, and again, if this movie was split into two movies, I think this would have been a lot more satisfying, been able to flesh out things more, been, it would have stuck the landing. I think a lot better. I mean, ultimately I am glad we got this movie. It's a movie we needed, but it's not the one we deserved. What do you mean by that? Well, here's the thing. (laughs) I know I say that phrase quite a bit on this podcast, but you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, I wanted it to be at least comparable to Batman Begins. We waited, oh, sure. We waited four years for this movie. Yeah. And, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going, I'm not saying like, hey, I have the constitutional right to have a good Batman finale trilogy movie here. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just more or less making kind of a joke in terms of like the Gordon speech at the end oh, of the I know. movie. Yeah. But, no, I think... I think, you know, this obviously with the Dark Knight, with how it ended, it's setting up for, you know, another storyline. It's, you know, they, you can't just leave like what happens at the end of the Dark Knight hanging here. Right. So, you know, so we did need this movie to happen regardless of oh, totally. how it Something panned out. Happen. I just wish it was better. Yeah. That's no, what I see I'm that. getting at. Yeah. I think for me, my final thoughts. Yeah. Compared to most superhero movies, this is a great movie. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the weakest of the three movies in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, seldom, if ever, is the last in a trilogy the best. It's it's a, it's a hard it's a hard uh, thing to do here. It's yeah. a tough act to follow. Most of the time, I like the first movie the best. Uh, this and the original Star Wars trilogy would be the, the one where I differentiate with liking the second one best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think compared to the first two ones, it's weaker. I don't think it's like way worse. I would say I like Batman Begins more than this movie for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, I think if you cut out some of the fat of this movie, it'd been a lot better. Yeah, no, I think if yeah, if it, it's a like I said, it's a slow paced movie, but it's very busy at the same time. I. Don't think I mean I know I know you like the pit scene like mm. there didn't need to be a pit scene at all to be honest uh, it could have been him at home addicted to pills trying to get stronger than Bane mm. like the actual Nightfall series and then Dick Grayson well, that, that's or a, that's the Venom series that's the Venom yeah. series yeah um, but something like that maybe maybe where he is training up and he has to train like that would have been a cool way to like sling a Nightwing thing in with John Blake or. Yeah, but I don't know. Six months is not a long time to learn martial arts. Well, not to mention, too, it's like, you know, do you really want to see this beat cop turn into like a Nightwing, like right in the same movie? Yeah. I mean, wait, like you're already like this movie is already rushing a lot of elements as is. I don't I don't want him to be in a super suit within the same movie. Super suit. Yep. Uh, No, I, I like. Talia al Ghul should not have been in this movie. No. Period, I don't think. I think it should have just been Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, like I said, good movie. Uh, I'm glad we got it like you are. Mm-hmm. I I just really, you know, there's the whole what if type of thing. What if Heath would have been around and yeah. how much more Joker we could have gotten. And 
and I, I think I wrote something in my notes where it was kind of a question I had of, uh, you know, do you think they just kind of because it's definitely like what Bane did, the Joker could have done. Yeah, I mean, do you it, think they kind of recycled maybe a plot line they had for the Joker? You know, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, obviously, the whole like nuclear uh, reactor thing. I feel like that was mostly done. In maybe order- not that piece, but like the Wall Street thing and stealing. Uh, I feel the like company from Bruce. I feel like at least like the Wall Street thing and like the kind of eat the rich. Thing, yeah, totally. I think most definitely could have, and it did in the Joker here. You yeah. saw that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, no, I think the, the, in terms of the nuclear reactor, that was solely done for Bane just because they needed a reason to have like Bruce be gone for five months and also have a, a threat, a looming threat in the background saying like, okay, this is still here and it's still going to cause a lot of carnage here. Right. Yep. Well, yeah, that's all I got. So, all right. Well, you you know, that's it. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Check us out on our social medias at You Heard Nerds. And uh, look for our next weekly episode coming out on Monday. And then we're going to get into another Thursday throwback of, you know, pay attention to our social medias. We'll announce it soon. Uh, Mostly because we haven't talked about it. But... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so have an awesome week, and remember, everyone's a nerd about something. We out. Bye.